This week, non-participating minority lenders score win in $467 million up-tier exchange litigation. Carnival sells $2.03 billion in senior priority notes. Talon UCC says plan premised on unreasonable settlement with Riverstone. And no cash collateral objections resolved. Hello and welcome to the Reorg Podcast, where we bring you the latest developments in high-yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. I'm David Zupkis. We'll be taking a brief recess from our deep dive segment this week, but we'll be back soon with more premium content. It's Friday, October 21st. On Monday, New York Supreme Court Justice Andrea Masley handed the most recent in a string of victories to non-participating minority lenders challenging non-pro rata up-tier exchange transactions by denying motions to dismiss the minority lenders' breach of contract claims against board riders and other participating super senior lenders in the minority lenders' New York State court suit challenging an August $467 million priming financing transaction. According to Justice Masley, the plain language of the first in credit agreement, including the sacred rights provision and the open market purchases exception to pro rata lender treatment, do not foreclose the minority lenders' claims at the pleading stage. Additionally, the judge found that the amended no action clause added with majority consent as part of the up-tier transaction did not bar minority lenders from being sued. This is the third recent New York decision to allow minority lenders' claims against majority lenders or borrowers related to an up-tier exchange to proceed to discovery. In August 2021, New York Supreme Court Justice Joel Cohen allowed minority lenders' breach of contract claims against participating lenders to proceed to discovery in the Trimark up-tier exchange litigation. And this year, U.S. District Judge Catherine Fila issued an opinion denying Serta Simmons' motion to dismiss an action brought by minority lenders challenging the company's non-prorata up-tier exchange. Cruise ship operator Carnival Corp. this week sold $2.03 billion in 5.5-year senior priority notes. According to the offering memorandum, within 180 days of the issue date, 12 vessels owned by Carnival and its subsidiaries that are currently unencumbered with an aggregate net book value of approximately $8.2 billion would be contributed to the issuer, free and clear of liens other than customary permitted liens. The Talent Energy Official Committee of Unsecured Creditors objected to the debtor's revised disclosure statement on Monday, calling the debtor's plan rife with problems, including improperly proposing distributions of new common equity and warrants to holders of equity interests even though unsecured claims are not satisfied in full. The UCC also reiterated its view that the plan is premised on unreasonable settlements with equity sponsor Riverstone, non-debtor parent Talent Energy Corp., and secured lenders under the debtor's commodity accordion facility. The UCC said that the settlements provide no value in return for releases of valuable claims worth up to $1.5 billion. The UCC's motion seeking staying to prosecute the same claims being released to the settlements are slated to be heard at the confirmation hearing targeted for mid-December. The committee accuses the debtors of having conducted their Chapter 11 cases with the overriding goal of effectuating the pre-petition RSA deal as quickly as possible and argues that the plan is not confirmable because it violates absolute priority rule. The UCC also challenges the plan's value allocation among the debtors, arguing that the debtors' valuation methodology contains significant flaws, including a faulty allocation of dip claims and fails to properly allocate post-petition hedging costs among the debtors. On Wednesday, Judge James Garrity approved the Endo International debtors' use of cash collateral on a final basis after the debtors reported that they had resolved their objection with a group of non-RSA first-lien lenders who had objected to a provision in the proposed order recognizing the first-lien collateral trustee's right to submit a credit bid for the debtors' assets up to the amount of the first-lien debt. Debtors' counsel told the judge that the group's objection was resolved by the debtors' agreement to add certain clarifying language to the order along with the reservation of rights with respect to the credit bid. 
The debtors were also able to resolve objections from the official committee of unsecured creditors and the official opioid claimants committee by including a $1 million prepetition lien challenge budget for the committees up from $500,000, extending the lien challenge period to January 20th, 23 from January 9th and removing non-compliance with RSA milestones as a trigger for automatic termination of the cash collateral. The committees also agreed that they will not object to entry of any bidding procedures order on the basis that challenge period is still pending. Fifth Circuit affirms ultra decision allowing post-petition interest on contract rate make whole claim in solving cases. Judge Drain rejects Morgan Stanley, other PE investors' motion to dismiss Topps Guck trust suit to claw back $375 million in dividends, urges Congress to restrict 546E securities safe harbor to prevent looting of private companies. UST seeks further information regarding prior disclosure for ex-claim claims trader connections in claims agent retention application. Diebold TSA contemplates new money $400 million super senior term loan facility, new $250 million ABL facility. Offers to extend existing term loan ex- exchange existing 2024 senior notes into new 2L notes plus warrants. And now here's Kathy from Los Angeles with the week ahead. Hello, this is Kathy Ta. The week ahead is a busy week as earnings season kicks into gear in addition to an itinerary of court events. Starting with court events on Tuesday, October 25th, the Endo debtors will ask for a 270-day temporary stay of thousands of pending actions by governmental agencies that have not consented to the governmental opioid trust settlement under the debtors' RSA. The debtor's request includes a voluntary operating injunction against the debtors with respect to alleged harmful conduct of the type at issue in the actions. However, the official opioid claimant committee with other parties in interest are asking for enhancements, including for the appointment of a monitor for enforcement purposes. The Talon Energy Supply debtors will be in court on Wednesday, October 26th to get disclosure statement approval. In its disclosure statement objection, the UCC has attacked the debtor's toggle sale and equitization plan as being rife with problems. And based on unreasonable settlements with equity sponsor Riverstone and non-debtor parent Talon Energy Corporation, as well as with secured lenders under the debtor's commodity accordion facility. It will be a packed day of court events on Thursday, October 27th. First, the TPC Group UCC will push for standing to bring estate claims that it says will free up more than $500 million in value for unsecured creditors. The claims take aim at a $5.1 million make whole premium, in addition to certain liens on insurance proceeds, among other assets. The Revlon debtors will also be in court that same day to get a 125-day extension of their plan filing and solicitation periods through February and April of next year, respectively. The final dip hearing in Phoenix Services is also slated for Thursday, October 27th. The Steelmaker Services debtors will seek final approval of a $50 million new dip facility that includes a proposed roll-up of $150 million of first lien obligations. Also on Thursday, October 27th, the reorganized PG&E debtors will ask Judge Dennis Montali to approve a $272 million settlement with certain of the company's DNO insurance carriers. If approved, the fire victim trust established under the debtors' confirmed plan would stand to receive $117 million on account of the fire victim claims against management in relation to the 2017 and 2018 fires caused by PG&E. The remainder amount would go to the debtors, potentially to settle almost $8 billion in unresolved thousands of shareholder claims against the company. 
A hearing is set in GWG Holdings also for Thursday, October 27th. The debtors will announce the day before, Wednesday, October 26th, whether they will pursue a one-way sale put option for their life insurance portfolio under the debtor's dip with Chapford or the Vita option for alternative financing to replace the Chapford dip. Whatever the debtors decide, Judge Marvin Isger will conduct a hearing that following Thursday on whether the debtor's decision satisfies the business judgment rule. As for earnings, they will be reported on Tuesday, October 25th by Cleveland Cliffs and First Energy Corporation and on Wednesday, October 26th by Garrett Motion and Peabody Energy. Rheology and United States Steel will release their earnings on Thursday, October 27th. For all earnings, dates, and times, please see our weekly calendar. That's it for me on this Friday, October 21st. Now back to you in New York. Thank you again for listening to this Reorg Weekly Review. You can find all our podcasts on the Reorg.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next Friday.